Good day. You are listening to a podcast. But this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tense. Starring the tense. The uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. All right, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'll be the host this here podcast, the Ted Smith, greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. Oh, we got a full house tonight down in the bottom right square. He goes by the name of Cobb. He's down in Austin. Cobb, what's going on? Boys, I don't know how Ted Smith did it, but somehow we have a high-quality guest tonight that I'm personally hyped about. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a personal interest of mine, so um, let's rock and roll, boys. I had no idea he was coming. I, th- I thought I had texted you. Apparently, I hadn't. All right, back there in the bottom left, get the studio all ready to rock. Matt Cover, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. It's great to be here. This is an exciting one. Uh, so first, big thanks to Michelle and Justin for getting us uh, in touch with Steve. Fire chicken, fire chicken from Street Beef's Scrapyard. Yes. Now, Cobb, you were the one that bought uh, Street Beef's to my attention. Uh, we figured out, right? I think Michelle emailed us and said, hey, there's actually one in the Northwest. So, uh, yeah, Justin reached out and now we have uh, fire chicken Steve on the show. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. <laughs> All right. Uh, for people that don't know, what is Street Beefs? Uh, street Beefs, the original Street Beefs that was formed in Virginia, um, was created by a guy named Scarface, Chris Wilmore, and it was to combat um, street violence as far as reducing violence, shooting, stabbings. People could come to a place and solve their problems. Uh basically like men and uh and shake hands afterwards all right so does everybody that comes to your thing to like like is it just is it just as pure as like i got a beef with Cobb, we want to settle it or some of it just people that like to fight you know back back when they first formed it it was more people wanting to solve disputes um it's it's kind of evolved more into a, a sporting uh, sporting event where people are really friendly with each other. There's a good sense of community there. We're just kind of here to make each other better and, you know, blow off some steam in the cage. All right. What, what Ted, is you- Ted, I don't want to jump in too much, ahead, but I think th- there are people who just have no idea. They've never heard these words before. They don't even know that we're talking about like a backyard fight league. So people are, well, I don't know if league, but people are, engaging like physical combat with each other in like an enclosed space similar to like a mixed martial arts ufc or k1 type of event but it's a little bit more homegrown and sort of has more of like a after school in the alley type feel to it just for the basics sorry if any of that was disrespectful or not on brand fire chicken just that's generally so people know what we're talking about how no, you nailed it man okay, um that's up. that's just of it <laughs> all right let me ask you this like so if it's not as much like I right because I've been watching some of the clips. Like some people look like they know what they're doing. Some people look like they're just settling a beef. Like, is it both? Is it a mixture? Do they have training? Well, we do have beefs every once in a while. Um, but we do also have a a large array of skills out there, ranging from absolutely never put gloves on before 
to a very, you know, somebody could be a high level mixed martial artist, or I should cover that we do different types of fighting styles out there, depending on what you want to do, ranging from boxing, kickboxing, mixed martial arts. But yeah, there's a, a pretty, pretty good amount of uh, skill out there range, I should say. And how did you get involved with it if it started in Virginia? Ah, okay. So uh, I've been a I've been a big fan of Street Beast since I think I found them on YouTube, probably around like twenty fourteen or or twenty fifteen, something like that. And uh, I started watching the videos and getting familiar with some of the fighters on there, and um, I decided to do a search on Facebook one day and I, I found they had a group. So I joined it 2016. I joined it. I started talking. Nobody really knew who I was or really cared because I lived in Washington and it was like Virginia based, but I, I was always like, Oh man, someday I'm going to get out there. Well, um, a few years prior Sorry, to there's that, a fire I, truck I, behind my house. Oh, <laughs> I can't hear it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, at the time, you know, 2016, I, uh, uh, or 2018, my job said, Hey, we got to force you on a trip over to Virginia. You know, I was like, ah, oh, man, but I tried to make the best of it. And I got sent over there and I got a hold of Scarface. And I said, dude, I want to come out. You know, I've, I've wanted to do this for years. And he said, Oh man, drive on over here. And, um, it was like a four hour drive and we did some training and stuff. And then he said, come back next weekend. Uh, we got fights going on cause they're monthly. Um, even out there. And so I said, okay, I'll be there. And I showed up a month later and they weigh you in. They say, uh, what type of fighting do you want? I'm like, ah, I want to box. He's like, okay. He looks around. He's like, okay, you fight, you get to fight this guy. You know, he's uh one and oh or whatever. And then they just kind of call you up or let you know ahead of time. It's, it's about ready to go down and uh, you do your fight and they, they film it. And that's about it. Uh, I, I asked uh, when the next one was. I came back a month later, did the same thing. I came back off my work trip. Wait, so Washington. you go to watch them, but then you ended up fighting in them? No, I, I went to fight. Okay. All I right. do have a background. Uh, I did mixed martial arts for a number of years. I've done uh, done a lot of boxing training, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, that kind of stuff. Uh, so I, I knew I wanted to fight in there someday. I'm not just a fan. <laughs> yeah, Ted, he'd been following street beefs for years, dude. It was time to shine. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just <laughs> picturing on, somebody listening to this and being like, oh, I want to go watch him. And it's like, oh, good to see you. Put your gloves on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. It's like <laughs> kickboxing. Yeah. How about Jimmy over there? He's 19 and 0. <laughs> we ain't a couple pounds overweight. This should be all right. <laughs> all right. So you go back, you fight a second time. I fight a second time. I get sent back back home to Washington after my work trip and my boxing coach, he, he convinces me to build a ring in my yard um, because we were training pretty often and we just wanted a place to train that, you know, like on the weekends or whatever. So one day uh, my wife was gone. I had my buddy come over and we built a ring in, ring in my yard and wife came back and <laughs> my wife was gone. Dude, that's so <laughs> right. key go? piece of the story. <laughs> yeah. How did that go when she gets back and it's like, honey, oh. I built a ring. <laughs> she's like all the places you could have built it you built it there <laughs> <laughs> so you even built it in the wrong part of the yard <laughs> i built it in the wrong part i did wow <laughs> so so we use it to train but 
then we start thinking about like, well, what about doing some fights? And we looked into local laws. Washington is um mutual combat. Hell and, yeah. Yep. There you go. And uh, we thought, man, like we could, we could throw some fights out here and uh, we weren't going to be a branch of street beefs. Cause that's huge. They, they got like millions of subscribers on YouTube, but I put this thing together. I did all the research and I, I contacted the guy uh, Scarface um, and and kind of pitched him the idea. I came up with the name Scrapyard uh, because a scrap is a fight and it's literally in my yard. And he <laughs> liked the idea. And so we started sending our videos to him and he put them on his YouTube channel. And eventually it just got to the point where with the amount of videos that they're putting out and we're putting out and, and everything, we, we started putting them on our own channel. All right. All right. How how does how does one how does one get a hold of you if they're like like first of all, do some self promotion. What what's your YouTube channel? All right. My YouTube channel is Street Beef Scrapyard. We're currently at two hundred and thirty six thousand subscribers and almost a hundred million views total on the channel. Um that channel's been going for about three years now. My I have a secondary channel called Scrapyard GoPro. That is alternate angle footage, 70,000 subscribers. Um, I think it's like 50 million views on that one. And then we got our Instagram. That's um, street beefs underscore scrapyard. I think we're sitting at about 130,000 followers on there. Um, our Facebook groups, that that's the important one, though. If, if you're interested in, in coming out to fight or, I don't know, uh, talking to one of the fighters, that's that's where the group is, and it's Street Beef Scrapyard. There's, I think, thirty thousand members of that group. All right. Now, what's like the? Is there like a code with like your fighters to come in and stuff? Like, I'm trying to think how to phrase this. Like, you couldn't just have like a pro from a gym show up. I would think and fight there, right? Okay. So the process. Is there they're, like levels so you don't yeah, just have people are. taking? Yeah, I, I mean, it would seem unfair to have guys come in just to get like extra practice on some random dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we developed a numbering system to help match up fighters. Uh, it's within a ten pound sliding scale generally. Heavyweights that can be a little bit more. But we, we tend to stick to the 10 pounds. And when a person comes in, they sign their waiver. We take all their measurements and everything like reach and height and all that and weight. And uh, they we have to do an evaluation on them and ask them, so how much experience do you have? He's like, well, you know, I've got a couple street fights, but I don't have any training. We'll be like, you're level zero. Um, you know, and then it goes up from there. You know, like if you're training in a gym, and you maybe have some amateur fights, then you're you're like a three, and right. a, a five. We can't let professionals fight out here. Uh, that's the you know legal legal thing there. So we can't let pros fight. So you're a five is just like you're pre you're pretty much a pro level, but you're not a pro. Hmm. And right. for people wondering to mutual combat in Washington, do you want to explain it or do you want me to? Um, you can explain it. Okay. Mutual combat is just in Washington. It's like, you know, it was the wild West for a long time way out in the, in the, in the sticks. And so it's basically a law that says like, if two people agree to like duke it out, uh, whatever weapons they want to use or whatever, uh, or if they just want to use their fists, they have that legal right. So, you know, oftentimes police will let people agree that they're just going to 
settle it on the streets, AKA street beef. And so, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. And it's like one of the last, like real, like cowboy type laws that Washington has that you're like, damn, like they're not doing that in, in New York or Maryland. You know what I mean? Just we street well, beef out here. I was going to say, I think that's how Phoenix Jones got away with doing all that stuff for years. It's because mutual <laughs> combat laws. Uh, yeah. By the way, we're talking to Steve, AKA fire chicken from street beef scrapyard. Uh, all right. I mean, so Cobb, you've been waiting to talk to this guy. Oh, <laughs> you you know, par- <laughs> I know you have questions. <laughs> I was going to say, paradoxically, I haven't been waiting because I didn't know he was coming on. But, you know, Ted's got a lot going on right now with the uh, the move. So, um, yeah, dude, I'm a Street Beefs fan. I haven't watched the this sect of Street Beefs as much. But, I mean, it seems like a cool program. So you guys essentially have like these sort of like, you know, underground fight leagues i mean i don't know if there's any if there's any words that i'm not allowed to say we're happy to bleep them but essentially like it is you know the movie fight club except in real life i mean people are settling street beefs and there's some real talent in there i mean i'm a ufc fan and i've seen some guys who really know what they're doing and then like you said the the talent level goes you know all the way all the way down and there are some people who definitely are just like settling scores in there is there any thing that goes into the calculus for you guys on like these two guys are too upset with each other and something bad is going to happen if they fight and you won't won't let them go or is that kind of part of the appeal or you know how do you guys kind of come at it well um so let me backtrack a little bit you did a really good explanation of what you know the mutual combat thing is and and essentially what street beefs is but i do want to um clarify a couple things on on us and we, you know, people might think of it as like a uh, fight club, but it's, it's really not. It's more like, I don't know if you're familiar with like a smoker show for boxing. So sure. a smoker show is essentially like a gym will open up their doors, have a ring and they have some, you know, uh, exhibition matches going on. And um, it's not a sanctioned event, but it it's still, so that's basically what we are. We are a non-sanctioned uh, backyard fight organization. We follow all the amateur rules associated with the type of fighting that is going to happen in the cage. Um, what you're saying about people being like too angry with each other, we, I mean, we have a we have um, legitimate referees in there, and we don't really get people that want to. I mean, at least I've never had it to where these guys are just like just ready to rip each other's heads off because they hate each other. It it really is more like a sport. Um, You if you watch enough of our videos, you'll see I I always try to include sportsmanship in there, whether Mm -hmm. it's picking the guy up off the ground after he knocked him out or, you know, just saying, hey, you know, good shot and bumping fists in the middle of a match. Like you really get to see a lot of that stuff. And um, um, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> I do if, like uh, the idea. I like the idea that the two dudes are just so angry. Like one dude loses, just like he's still like, ah, oh, now I'm gonna, fuck him. I'm gonna fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you know, once it's settled in the scrapyard, it's settled, man. <laughs> you know, well, a lot of stuff with like professionals. There's money involved, so these guys are fighting over money in professional settings. But in the backyard, they're just they're just doing it to like improve themselves or get some views, you know. So. I don't think I think that's a reason why maybe these guys aren't like, you know, some of the people you see on weigh-ins and stuff. Uh, professional, it's crazy. Is yeah. some of it? Do you ever get people that just legit are just like, man, I've never been in a fight. Yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> what are they doing there? Like, how did they end up there? I would think you get a lot of them. You know what? Really? Just some Joe coming off the couch, and he's like, "You yep. know what I want to do? I want to go backyard fight someone in well, a cage well, today." People, people do see stuff, and they want to test themselves. And frankly, yep. there's a lot of people that just—it's a good thing they've just never been punched. Yeah. So they're probably thinking this is a chance. Yeah, I mean, um, you might get somebody that might be like a bucket list item to them. They, they're like, "Man, <laughs> I, I want to try this thing out before I'm too old." <laughs> Um, so, but other people, like you said, just want to test themselves and get in there and, and see how good they do against another person, because they might think that they're a lot better than they really are. And they get in there and find out that, wow, this isn't as easy as it looks. And the great thing is they, they start to, a lot of times they start heading to these gyms locally. And so these guys are like, oh yeah, I fight for street beefs and I want to train. And so it's, and then they go into amateurs and then they might eventually go into pros all right. Do you have uh, like, do you have any connections with the gyms? Like, is that is is that catch them off guard when they're like, yeah, I've been fighting scrapyard. Now I want to actually learn how to fight. Um, so I don't individually. It's it's up to the the gym whether or not they want to associate with us or or um, acknowledge us. Um, we're we're kind of like that. I don't know how to say it. We're that thing that's we're the elephant in the room, but it's like an invisible elephant. You know, nobody wants to, you know, nobody wants, I, I don't know how to say it any, you know, we're just, we're there and we're, we're, we're big and people just don't really know enough about it. A lot of times to come to a, a conclusion to what they think of us. So they kind of keep their distance, but the ones that do come out and that know us, they know, man, this is a good thing that they got going out there. And, you know, I'll let my fighters come out there because it's like a smoker show. Um, but others are just like, no, it's illegal, which it's not. They just think it is. <laughs> uh, again, we're talking with Steve, a.k.a. Fire Chicken from Street Beef Scrapyard. I mean, look, I can only tell you, and mostly I know this stuff just from hosting Cage Sport. But, like, every time I watch your videos, I'm like, it looks very professional. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like some... It's not like UFC one where you've got some massive dude taking on some little tiny dude. Like you have refs in there. Uh, what else? Like what else do you have to do to keep it above? Obviously, you can't pay them because that would be professional and that would be illegal. Yep. So is it is it just the mutual combat that you lean on, or uh, we we can't we can't pay anybody and we can't receive any money. So uh, everyone asks like, hey, how do I, how much do I got to pay to get in? And I'm like, I. There, there's no way to pay to get in. Like you're I, in, fella. I will not take money <laughs> at all. You know, I don't care because we really are trying to keep this legal, hundred percent, so that it'll maintain and and keep going. Is Has there... anyone from oh, the scrapyard moved on to either cage sport or larger promotions? Oh yeah. Um. So. I mean, we haven't been around as long as the main branch of Street Beefs, but they've had a number of guys over there go from starting out in the backyard to amateur, and some of them are even undefeated pros with titles. Um, I've got we got a guy that started out in the scrapyard named the Terrifier, and he just he just blitzed through everybody, um, but he wasn't really trained. He just had wrestling from high school, hmm. and um, big heavyweight, you know, like. 270 pounds or more and he could pick up like a 300 pound guy and just slam him like nothing um but he went on to amateurs and he's i think three or four and oh 
as an amateur with a belt. Um, we had a guy named Jordan. He was an amateur fighter, but he's pro now. He fought for us once when he was an amateur. And then um, there's a there's a lot of guys that do move up to amateur. I mean, probably anybody that gets really serious about it, they they end up moving up to amateur. That's awesome. Yep. I would say don't say names, obviously, because I don't want you to pick on anybody. But have you had anybody show up and you like just you yourself having a background in fighting? You're just like, oh, this guy has no chance, and they just shock you. Yes, <laughs> dude. It's so the the most deceptive thing about fighting is the way that people look. Um, I mean, unless somebody's got like gnarly cauliflower ear, you really have no idea how they're going to do like the first event we ever had. This kid comes out, he was 20 years old. His, his fight name was Gumby and he had a mullet and he was like 150 pounds, just skinny, no definition, nothing. And he was, um, I found out he was a college level wrestler after that. Mm. And um, he fought with us for about a year until he moved up to amateurs. But yeah, nice. you'd be surprised. There's some guys that come out that are just totally jacked. I mean, look like they could just rip somebody's head off and they gas out in like a minute and they get beat by like a smaller, skinnier guy. I totally agree with that. The The best fighter at my high school was like 125 pounds. He ended up doing six years in prison, but I have watched <laughs> that guy in like five different fights, beat men much larger and more ripped than him. I don't know what it is about him. I'm not going to say his name, but like some people just have a knack for it. Like, I, I don't even know what to say. Like it comes naturally to some people truly. Yeah. There's a, there, there's like a level of um, intent too when you're a fighter the there, there's like um it does separate it's aggression and it does separate people a lot of times and it's the ability to do harm to another person kind of at will um you can, it's like a switch you can flip on and off and um a lot there's just some people that aren't really built for that that aren't capable of that like level of violence uh combat sports that uh, you kind of have to have that to to be successful but um yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right steve one couple last questions before you go as somebody you know like when i think wrestling i think iowa like nebraska mm -hmm. right and i think when i think like frankly mma or ufc or jiu-jitsu i feel like the northwest is a very good area for that like what's it like to have a promotion that's kind of like part of that i'd say rich history up here now um it's it's actually huge man um uh, like I said, I've been part of the community of the of uh, martial arts and stuff for years, so been a part of that. And to actually have something now that that's part of it is is huge. Um, I mean, we got guys like legends that have come out of Washington State. Like one one guy that um, UFC, he was the first UFC lightweight champion. His name's Jens Pulver. Um, yeah, he's going in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, he breaks down our videos on street beefs. Um, <laughs> yeah. another guy, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson from the Pacific Northwest. He he probably yeah. breaks down one of our videos off my channel like maybe once every two weeks. Oh, he used to train at the pool at my high school. Yeah, he like works out in uh the like Juanita Kirkland area, I think, or at least he did. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I think Mighty Mouse and Jens are also prime examples of like people like being drunk in a bar. It's like look. <laughs> physically like th those guys are just smaller but like yeah that's the wrong either of those guys is the wrong guy to pick on yeah 
I think Ken yeah. Florian is a Northwest guy too. I mean, he's kind of a smaller stature like that. Do you know? Kenny Florian. Um, Flo I, from up I'm here? not sure if he's from the Pacific Northwest. Chael Sonnen, he's from Oregon. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Oh, yeah. He's always down there, right, doing the, uh, what is it, the the submission competitions and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> also one of the best uh, trash talkers in the game. I actually saw him and Anderson Silva, too, in Vegas. That was, that oh, was, damn. Yeah. <laughs> that was a fun weekend. <laughs> We we actually had a fighter take his winning. He had this winning um, speech that he did, or it was like a. Uh, I, I can't I, I can't think of what how it goes, but the fighter memorized it, and then he waited until he won his match out at Scrapyard, and he just recited that that whole thing, and it's in one of our videos. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, all right, Steve. Uh, you want to promote? Uh, you want to plug your YouTube channel again for uh, for Street Beef Scrapyard? Yeah, Street Beef Scrapyard on YouTube. Um, we also have Scrapyard GoPro. You're going to want to join that one too. That's alternate footage. Um, if you look up Street Beefs, you'll see the main branch of Street Beefs. You'll see Street Beef West Coast. Also great channels. I, I really suggest um, checking out anything Street Beefs related on YouTube. Uh, Instagram, we're on there too. Street Beefs underscore Scrapyard. Facebook, we got a big Facebook group where all the signups go on. And I just started a TikTok about a couple days ago. And so you can find us street bees underscore underscore scrapyard. <laughs> My other All account right. got banned. So I had to um, put an extra underscore under there. Yeah. Well, you had too much nudity. Everybody knows that. Yes. Those fights <laughs> didn't. Yeah. That's what the OnlyFans is for. <laughs> All right, Steve. Thanks so much for coming on. And honestly, like I didn't even know about uh uh street beefs, period, till Kyle brought it up like a month ago. So getting you coming on this quickly, I really appreciate it. And uh I'm definitely gonna come out there and watch one of the fights. Hell yeah, man. It's uh been a pleasure being on your show. Um yeah, you're to you guys are totally welcome to come out. All right, man. We'll see you out there. All right, later. All right. All right, welcome back. Thanks as always to our sponsors. Also, I just want to mention, uh, sports-wise, the WBC, the World Baseball Classic. Like, I got caught up in it. Like, <laughs> I get you don't want to see major leaguers get hurt, but I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, spoiler alert: Japan wins. But uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got caught up in it. I've been watching it the last couple nights. Have you guys watched it at all? No. I can't say that I have, but I did catch about three minutes of a March Madness game tonight in the gym. So I would say it's a big sports month for me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what were you watching the NIT? Uh, Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what the NIT is. Is that not the NCAA? Correct. If you don't make the NCAA tournament, you get to play in the NIT. Oh, wow. <laughs> like thank God, because I almost texted my friend who's a huge Oregon fan and I didn't. <laughs> No, wow. no. So this is like the underdog tournament. Dang. <laughs> That's why I like your sports knowledge. Yeah, man. Well, I was watching I was watching March Madness. Like, uh, no, you weren't. <laughs> well, because I was shocked that they were ranked number one, too. I was like, hmm, wow. I feel like I would have heard if Oregon was seated number one in something. Um, wait, so is March Madness not going on right now? No, it is, but it was Thursday. It's Thursday, Friday, mm -hmm. Saturday, Sunday. And then starting this Thursday, you'll have uh, the round of 32. Oh, that's right. They they had the Penn State-Texas game on at a bar I was at over the weekend. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Saturday, I went to the Sounders match and came home. By the way, Saturday was a beautiful day in Seattle. I was just roaming around Capitol Hill after the Sounders match, got home, hopped on Zoom with a couple buddies. I was like, oh, let's watch this Maryland-Alabama game. Like 6.40 p.m., Saturday night start. Like, got some sushi, got some beers. Like, we're locked in. Maryland absolutely sucked. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they would go stretches of like five minutes without scoring a bucket. I was just like, I was like, call back-to-back timeouts. Call timeouts. Like, coach, do something here. (laughs) Ted, that's something I love about you is for the 10 years we've been doing this podcast, you are consistently surprised that Maryland is not good at sports. (laughs) (laughs) Literally every cast, dude. Hey. The last Big Ten team to win a national title in basketball. Every football season, every basketball season. Oh, the Terps, man. Yeah. <sighs> Remember, what was the juice, like stay juiced season or whatever? I loved it. That was my Excessive favorite. Excessive juice. Excessive yes. juice. Yeah, the football team. That was yeah. rad. I was on board for that. And and for what it's worth, I actually like Maryland. We were former ACC opponents, but I, I've always been a fan of that school. Well, that's the joke about Maryland's the last Big Ten team to win a national title in basketball because <laughs> we were still in the ACC. <laughs> oh dude that's um that was the other thing you know that tattoo i uh sent you over the weekend yeah all right i gotta talk about that real quick just because we've we've talked about the gator hater thing on this cast so wait ted what's the origin story of the gator hater thing where did you where did you hear that first at the florida georgia game the world's largest outdoor cocktail party like so florida georgia play every year in jacksonville we the tailgate boys go down there we decide within like 10 minutes, we're going to be Georgia fans. And that's just what every Georgia fan kept saying. Like, I'm an official Gator hater. Go dogs. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, all right. So Ted told me that probably seven, eight years ago, and we've been laughing about it. I say it occasionally. Obviously, I have no no dog in that fight between Florida and Georgia, right? So, but occasionally I'll throw it out, like with Florida fans and whatever. People just think you're involved. Same with same way Ted throws out Boomer Sooner was he, when he's in Texas. Like, it's just, <laughs> right. I don't know, just fun, <laughs> fun to get a little chop. So anyway, I'm at this, uh, this um, uh, bar the other day. A friend of mine, um, owns it and they were they were having like a, a party for South by Southwest. So there was like some music there and whatever. And um and I'm talking to his father-in-law and his father-in-law mentions that he's from the great state of Georgia. And I for whatever reason I'm drunk and I just turn and super loud I'm like, I'm an official. Gator hater. Go dogs. And he goes, he like, dude, he freaked out. He's like, yeah, go dogs, baby. Gives me a big adapts me up. Big high five. I'm his favorite person in the bar. He pulls down his sleeve. And I kid you not, Ted, I sent you the photo so you can verify. This guy pulls down his sleeve and he has got a tattoo of a Georgia bulldog, Ugga, eating an alligator in color on his arm. (laughs) It was the most white trash tattoo I've ever seen in my life in person. My mind was blown. And all I could think was like, Get a photo for Ted. Like he will never believe you if you don't get a photo. And like in my drunken like stupor, I just snapped it and immediately sent it to him. No context. <laughs> it is a fun saying. And Georgia's gotten really good since then. Cause that was 2000. Man, what was that? 2008? I was down there. So I mean, I've been yeah, saying that know. forever. That's crazy. Either way, it finally it paid off, my guy. <laughs> it paid <laughs> off big time. Uh, all right, let's get some emails. Airport thoughts. Gentlemen, 
pint of space dust before the flight makes her a very drunk breakfast. That is all. Carson, the lawyer. If you can't win with reason, go for volume. <laughs> uh, space dust is a very good beer. Space du- space dust gets you there very quickly. Yeah, it's heavy, dude. Isn't it like eight point nine percent or something? It's something wild. That's one. That's my standard. I tell everybody this, like, right? If you're going out to like rip beers or whatever, cool. Like it's light beers all day. You're going out to have dinner and literally have two beers. You get two space dust. Pack yeah. the punch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the uh, the suburbanites version of like the Steel Reserve. <laughs> it's just wild though, as I know people that'll be like, "Ah, I got a case of them." Like for who? Like I'm like, <laughs> yeah. for how many months? Now those things are good though. Um, they are literally. I was at a bar this weekend, and the bartender was kind of joking with me. He's like, "Oh, it's early." Starting with a couple IPAs, then we'll switch to Miller Lights. I was like, you got it. <laughs> Dude, sometimes I just picture your life like in a big episode of Cheers. <laughs> Saturday to- was Saturday was definitely part of that. Like I had seen some bartenders I hadn't seen since last Sounder season. They're like, Ted, like, oh, hey, good to see you guys. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, also, one random update on the Kenny Florian thing. He's from Massachusetts. He went to BC. That's why I was thinking that he was... Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't remember Ken Flo from being out here. Yeah, BC guy. He played soccer at BC. It looks like. Nice. Uh, to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the, all land. the land. One thing that I've noticed that works for me in all relationships, be it work, personal, or sexual, is communication is key, and all relationships. Uh, I'm of the type that will overshare, but I believe that oversharing is better than not sharing at all. Granted, I'm Irish and I have the gift of gab. Of course, I'm a special person because I can start a conversation with just about anybody. That's what my wife says. Uh, and it doesn't work for everybody, but that's my relationship rule. Either rule is hydrate or die. My wife's hate. My wife hates me when I say that because I say it so much. LARP on, bitches. Tim the tool. Yeah. Well, Tim. You're, I agree 100% on every every Strong front there. email, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, so a lot of these emails, they'll have like their profile picture in it, and I can see it in, in Gmail. This guy looks diesel, dude. He's like a, it looks like a, he's got a full beard. He looks like a lumberjack. I feel like he could crush it in the cage. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, we interviewed the guy. You can't start recruiting for their program. Get in there, Tim. Get in there. Don't let, don't let Ted tell you what to do. Your wife will love it. <laughs> and when you knock somebody out, you got to be like, tool time, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. All right. All right. Let's see what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's happening? Uh, before we get to what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's happening? Check out what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's happening? Uh, before we get to what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's happening? Check out what's happening. Uh, it's a good weekend. It started Friday uh, for St. Patrick's Day. Um, went to our first hockey game down here. Uh, there's a new arena. Nice. Yeah. Did you see yeah. Fuego? I did see Fuego. I tried to get a picture, was unsuccessful. He's on the right. move. He's a good mascot, though. It's yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and we went with Carson the lawyer and his girlfriend. Um, awesome. And yeah, it was it was great. He had a space dust. Um, and you know, yeah, just uh, had a Friday night minor league hockey, St. Pat's Day. Like that, had, that arena had to be rocking. It was fun. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was people were in a good mood. Um, 
and yeah we we had a great time we ate a lot of food um but there's a lot to try like you know the food there's very exciting it's it, you know it's the same group that opened climate pledge i haven't been a climate pledge but you know it's like all these local things that people know and it's like it's not just standard arena food it's like a little bit of a level up you know so i had to get a pretzel i had to get a chicken sandwich and the tallow fries and yeah it was a, it's a whole ordeal but uh a lot of fun um saturday i don't remember what we did after work um Oh, we went for a walk and got uh, lunch with my mom. And then uh, Sunday, we there's this thing called Desert X, which is this like series of huge art pieces that are outdoors. Um, right. And so there's these different installations around town. Um, and it took up the most of the, the day because, um, yeah, this is they're spread out pretty good, but there's some, some really cool pieces. Um, and we got to see, see the area, um, some places we hadn't been before. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the coolest one is like a bunch of these shipping containers, like stacked up to like be some sleeping guy. And like, I don't know, all of them had some like eco conscious kind of new agey message that you'd watch the videos on the app. And they, you know, the artist is like speaking and, you know, about social justice or whatever, but it's kind of in this vague artsy way that I'm like, I don't know if I get all this, but I'm down to drive around and check it out and take some pictures. And it was a fun day. Were any of them from Burning Man? No, I don't believe All so. Right. Um, yeah, none of them were like super trippy. They were kind of, you know, um, yeah, they all had a message, it seemed like. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, raising awareness for some, some various issues that, you know, I'd sound like an idiot trying to, you know, regurgitate here. Uh, but I enjoyed it, you know, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So if you're in town down here before, I think it ends like May 7th or something, you know, you want to go see a bunch of spots around town. It's kind of a cool way to see see the desert. Um, and yeah, we had a really good time. Took us all over the place. Nice. Nice. Have you been out to Indian Wells? Yeah, that's that's where my parents' place is. That's where I was living for like over a year. Oh, yeah. All right. I just saw some tennis thing. I was like, I didn't realize like they call it like the fifth grand slam. Is that major. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big they, deal. Yeah. And Ted also, that's not on you. All those towns are right in a row and they all are like blended into one. So it's like cathedral city, Indian Wells, Palm Springs, whatever. Ted, uh, Matt could probably name like 20 of them. Indio, uh, like Coachella, but it's all the same city. Like it, it, it's not yeah, what you would think. It's all right, the same even, city. Even Coachella, I was like, I told somebody the other day, I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's in India. And they were like, no, it's, there's a town called Coachella, too. And I was like, I, I did not know that. You yeah. guys were both right. Coachella, the festival is in India and Coachella is also a town. <laughs> and, and the whole region's called the Coachella Valley. So it's yeah. the Coachella right. Valley Firebirds. Mm -hmm. But Ted, you were correct. And that person was correct. It is in India, just barely by like a block. Yeah, well, we we didn't agree on that, so now we have to go fight in the backyard, and have scrap. 
<laughs> Take him to the scrapyard. <laughs> also, also, dude, I, that just actually reminded me. I have seen one of his videos because at the beginning they go, "Let's scrap." <laughs> like when they're right when they're about to battle. <laughs> I always like that term. A scrap sounds like it's like, yeah, man, you got you got it in a good scrap there. It sounds messy, you know. And it's like it's not not polished. That that was one thing I was gonna say too for about his production value. It's like it's kind of fun that it's like not super sanitized and professional, you know. Yeah, like kind of makes it almost like a little more relatable. I don't know. I don't think he was a content creator back then, but I'd love to see the video of his wife's reaction when he built that ring. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good line. Well, my wife was out of town. Me and my buddy built a ring in the yard. (laughs) That is like a weird test on a marriage. Like, imagine you come uh, think of, you know, whoever you're dating right now or whatever your spouse, you come home and they go, I built a steel cage in our backyard. (laughs) <laughs> you're just like well what the f am i supposed to do with that like can we is there any going back on this like you kind of put a you know a stake in the sand there oh <laughs> uh, all right matt you good is it about that time cob topic cob topic uh, boys, short and sweet today. Um, I, I was torn between two, but I, I think, you know, it's the depths of winter and I just, yeah, well today, um, let's see. Ooh, what's the best way to phrase this without being too personal? Like, uh, we have some work stuff going on and, you know, it's kind of a coin flip on like whether some things will work out really well for us or really badly. And so, um, so I was a little stressed and I went and got a guilty pleasure meal and I'm ashamed to say that it was. Oh, shoot. I don't know the company that makes them. It's like a bag of like those little powdered donuts, like those powdered mini donuts. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah. I was going to have a couple. Definitely crushed the whole bag while I was watching um watching YouTube. But uh, the question, cop topic this week, what's your guilty pleasure meal? Doesn't have to be like the best thing you eat or whatever, but you're just like, man, I just, I need it to just hit the spot. Like what's the guilty measure, pleasure meal? So feel free to email us literally the word email at thepodcast.com. You hear me say it every week. Um, Yeah. Boys, what's your guilty pleasure meal? I mean, for me, this isn't going to shock you. I think it's just where I get the pizza from. Like, I don't know why. And I don't want to name like national chains, but there's a couple of them that like I'll only order like once a year because I feel like it's like so greasy or something. But it's definitely like, all right, screw it. We're getting this. And like, (laughs) for instance, I was hanging out with a buddy like a couple weeks ago who was taking like a month off booze. And I was like. I was like, yeah, man. Like, what do you want to call Pagliacci? He's like, no, we're going to this place and getting like the greasiest one they got. I was like, yep, I get it. Going to the scrapyard. <laughs> Definitely going to the scrapyard. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. There's I, there's a, a cheap national pizza place like that. That's near and dear to my heart as well. Um, The Nuggets at Chick-fil-A. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking maybe a 20 piece from McDonald's too. <laughs> okay. Damn boy. Nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, they're delicious. They're untouchable people. You know, I don't know. I've, I've, I, you, I always feel like an idiot saying anything of like, well, I know some gay people that still like Chick-fil-A. So what's, you know, like I'm a straight white male. So I have a bunch of those things where I'm like, I don't even want to say this, but you know, I kind of, you know, just just set our differences aside and and come together over chicken and and enjoy those nuggets uh, to the fullest. You know, that's kind of kind of my speed. Um, 
<laughs> and but I'm not I don't feel guilty about the actual chickens or the the health consequences. I don't think that's what setting your differences aside is, Doc. <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, it doesn't affect me. So why don't we just set this aside? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, I love it. That might have been the best like 15 <laughs> seconds I've ever heard from you. Uh, that was gold, dude. Screw that one up. But I mean, I give you. No, I love it. I I resonate. It's funny. That's very good. Trust me. When I buy Polynesian sauce at the store, I feel guilty. <laughs> well, dude, <laughs> I said. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I was like, immediate follow up questions is both of you guys are into nugs. Are you guys honey guys, ketchup guys, barbecue ranch? There's a lot of directions to go with a with a nug. What are, a chicken nugget? What are we doing? Oh, sweet and sour every day of the week. Sweet and sour, a little Asian. Yeah. All right. I was going to say, if it's like McDonald's to me has the pre, maybe it's just because that's the first sweet and sour I had as a kid. But I'm like, oh, like, like if I go and get nuggets, like I'll get extra sweet and sour and just save them for something else. Yeah, that's that OG. I got you. Matt. It's, it's barbecue more like across the board, but at Chick-fil-A, their ranch is home style ranch. So it's extra thick. Mm. And so. If you get some ranch and you get some of their zesty buffalo, which is a pretty decent buffalo sauce, if, you know, for free, and you can dunk the ranch first. And it's so thick that if you just dip it in the more uh, the thinner, more vinegary buffalo sauce, it doesn't stick in it like the ranch just absorbs the buffalo. And it's a great one to dip move from the ranch to the buffalo sauce with the Chick-fil-A nugs. So I got to that that's the. That's the gold I was looking for. Honestly, I'm going to try that. I have a chicken Chick-fil-A right by the house. Yeah, Yeah, I just feel like if I'm using. All right. Well, if you couldn't tell from the abrupt cutting off of Ted, uh, my Internet went out down here in the desert with all the wind. So uh, that's going to be our episode for this week. Hope you enjoyed. We got we got through everything. We got we even got a little bonus Cobb topic follow up um, and really hope you enjoyed the interview with Steve from Street Beef's Scrapyard Edition in the Northwest. Follow them on YouTube and join the Facebook group and join a fight if you want. Um, that's the way to go about it. I love if one of our listeners did that um, and follow them on Instagram and uh, we will talk to you next week. Cheers. <laughs>